Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, Save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks, which honestly, it does feel like an eternity since the last time that we're able to speak with you. But hey, that's what happens when the Chicago Bears have a relatively quiet offseason. I'm Ross Wildewitt, and I want to thank you for joining us today. With only two weeks before the draft, it's time to really set our sights on that next major offseason event. And to take it a step further, this entire show is aimed at looking at the plethora of solutions for the Bears' biggest question mark, and that being at running back. To help discuss the current draft class at the position, I'm joined by our site writer and draft guru, Steve Letizia. Steve, thank you for joining us today. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, I feel better now that we're able to work through some of those pre-recording technical difficulties, <laughs> uh, yep, but I feel yep, good. As long as the computer can hold through today, uh, I'm going to feel like today was a success, but I'm <laughs> very excited to talk running backs with you. I know you've been scouting them for some Absolutely. time. You had, an, you had an inkling that, well, many of us did, that Jordan Howard was going to be traded. That ended up being the exact case. So here we are on a quest to figure out the best solution to solve the ever so void here in the Bears running back kind of stable right now. So it has been a couple weeks since the Bears did trade Jordan Howard to the Eagles, and we've had some time to reflect on this move and what it means for, you know, the future of this franchise. And it's pretty clear that the Bears, who have met with, I believe, around 15 running backs so far, are poised to draft that replacement. And Steve, again, you recently released earlier this week your, I'm going to call them official rankings of this year's draft class on the site. And I'm excited to share that insight to our listeners and viewers today. And you recently created a ranking system that went by nine different traits. And I think that's the exact place where we need to start this show. And let's go to begin with the first trait that you have listed, and that's vision. And obviously, it's very important uh, Mm -hmm. because this trait is really going to determine the success of backs uh, at every level, but especially the NFL. So I'm curious to you, just your thoughts on the vision trait and just some players that maybe surprised you for better or for worse. Yeah, so I started with vision. Obviously, in the Bears' zone scheme, you need to have a running back who who can see the holes and be decisive, and but also be 
patience instead of their blocks. So yeah, vision was the most important. Um, it's a it's a trait that's kind of hard to quantify, but so you have to really watch the tape to kind of get a good feel about who's good and who might not be good. Um, but it's also a trait that allows uh, players who maybe don't have the greatest athleticisms to still be a, a good back in the NFL. So the two guys who really stood out in this category were the two Alabama guys, Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris. Um, those Alabama guys, um, they're always well coached. So uh, they, they stood out in that category for sure. All right, looking at elusiveness, uh, how were you able to determine these grades? What things were you looking at? And again, just curious of a couple of players here. Yeah, so elusiveness kind of uh, it kind of takes a lot of the other um, traits that I looked at and kind of is rolls it all into one elusiveness. So you want a player who can make people miss in the open field, not only in the open field, but also kind of in a phone booth because um, you're not always going to be in open space in the NFL like you are in college. So you got to be able to be elusive. Um, I mean, not getting tackled was the name of the game. So obviously right. that's an, an important trait. And then looking, scrolling right down the list, uh, did you mention a couple of names actually? Oh, yeah. For uh, for looseness, uh, there are a lot of small shifty guys in this back, uh, but the guy who really started out was Devin Singletary from uh, Florida Atlantic. All right. Uh, scrolling down the list, like I mentioned here, contact balance is next. Uh, like you said, the name of the game is not to get tackled, so obviously backs need to possess the ability to absorb, fight through contact, and gain those additional yards. Uh, obviously, this one's a little straightforward. You're just looking at yards after contact, those sorts of things, right? Yeah, basically. And the guy, you, you pretty much summed it up. So the guy who really stood out there was David Montgomery. Um, according to PFF, uh, he forced uh, 0.39 missed tackles per attempt, which is the highest in the league. Oh, in, the, in NCAA. So he, he's the guy who really stood out in this category. Good specification there, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Looking down here, receiving ability. I think this one speaks for itself. You're looking for backs who can contribute as receivers as well. Something that, of course, the Bears are looking to add uh, to yeah. that kind of state, uh, to their stable right now, especially with Jordan Howard kind of not being that fit, looking for more receiving out of the back. Were you looking at production? Were you looking at uh, more things in terms of like ability to route, uh, you know, run routes, those sorts of things? Uh, yeah, kind of both. You know, you got to take into account production, but um, there was a back, James Williams, who had the most receptions out of anyone I scouted, but he actually was not my highest ranked receiving ability running back. So uh, that would be Rodney Anderson, who who didn't have as many receptions, but the quality of the receptions uh, and the route tree that he ran was a little bit more diverse. All right. And then we have change of direction, lateral agility. When I hear those words, I think of great Bears running backs, Walter Payton, Matt Forte, you know, Gail Sayers. Is that kind of those traits that you're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the ability to, to not only change direction, but to do so quickly without slowing down the ability to start and stop kind of on a dime um, and the ability to, to get lateral. You know, you're not always going to be um, running a 40 yard dash in a straight line in the NFL. You're going to have to move laterally. So a guy who really started out here was Miles Sanders from Penn State. Uh, he, he is probably one of the best lateral agilities in, in the in this class athleticism that seems subjective yeah so that was kind of just a combination of everything um you know, obviously it's not the highest rated thing as i mentioned before if you have great vision you can come overcome maybe a lack of athleticism um but it obviously is still rather have an athletic running back than a non-athletic running back so daryl henderson was the guy from memphis who who pretty much far and away was the most athletic running back to me and we all know that ryan pace does covet those highly athletic players as well Mm-hmm. I see pass protection. Obviously, that's a big one, uh, especially with uh, Tariq Cohen. It's not his strong suit. Uh, Mike Davis, I'm unsure if it is his uh, his as well. So, obviously, the Bears will be looking for someone who can step in on obvious passing situations and provide a little bit of an extra uh, pass protection for Trubisky. Is that some, uh, So, how are you looking at that? 
Yeah, so I, I can't speak to Mike Davis yet. I have to watch him more. But, yeah, obviously, Tariq Cohen, we know, isn't a great pass protector. So they're going to want to draft someone who can not only catch football but also protect uh, Trubisky. Um, so uh, basically what I'm looking at there is it's not always um, the biggest running backs who are the best pass protectors. It's more a technique thing. So um, just how willing they are to kind of stick their nose into a blitzing linebacker. Um their technique, hand technique, how powerful they are. But uh, the guy who stood out here was Travion Williams from uh, Texas A&M. Um, he was an, a guy who was undersized. You wouldn't, if you looked at him, you probably wouldn't think he's the best pass protector. But um, I thought he was the guy who stood out the most. And then power, those bulldozer type running backs, the ones that can you know run through. Is that kind of related to your uh, ability to fight through contact? Yeah, it's similar to contact balance, uh, but contact balance is when you break a tackle and, and get more yards. Power is, you know, you just want to fight for on those goal line situations, maybe get a few extra yards at the end of a run. Um, so the guy who started out here was Elijah Holyfield. Uh, we know his combine wasn't great, but uh, he definitely has a lot of power, um, so he can r- really run you over. And then last but not least, obviously not least, your ball security. This yeah. one speaks for itself. Obviously, the more times you chalk up the football, you're hurting your team more than you're helping, right? Right, yeah. I mean, we, we saw it with the Miami game last year when Jordan Howard fumbled um, on the goal line there. So obviously ball security is important. important. And if you're a rookie running back's fumbling the ball, he's not going to be seeing the field. So it needed to need someone who's not going to be turning the ball over, obviously. Awesome. Is there any other tidbits that you want to kind of preface uh, before we get into the official rankings about your trades, how you ranked them, how you graded them? That way people have an understanding. Yeah, so I kind of just uh, I I just put the players, the 17 players in a spreadsheet, and just as I went by, I just kind of ranked them zero through 16, um, 16 being the best, zero being the worst, and then I weighted each category uh, based on how important I thought it was to the uh, to the running back position, and we the way we went through it was um, most important to least important. Awesome. That's great stuff. So we now have the foundation in place. And next up, we are going to go ahead and go through Steve's official rankings that he published over on our site earlier this week and talk about some of the backs that the Bears are going to have a shot at landing come the draft. But first, I need to uh, call a quick timeout and tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. This show is sponsored by SeatGeek, the ticket industry hasn't changed in a long time you know there are a bunch of big companies who have been around forever but they really don't care about making the experience easier for the customer but all of us here at the chicago audible we have enjoyed what we have enjoyed about SeatGeek over the years is just how easy to use their app is and how they tailor the experience based of our interests plus they make it so you don't really miss out on any event that you may want to attend. Uh, like I said, I'm actually wearing a Head and a Heart t-shirt right now, one of my favorite bands, and I've been looking at their concert, and every time the price shifts, either up or down, they kind of give you a notification. Uh, that way it's still in the forefront of your mind. And on top of that, if you live in a specific area and you're looking for events, uh, say in the city near you, they give you plenty of updates on events that you may be interested in, which of course is a great uh, kind of you know tool to kind of help you find some more places or things that you want to go ahead and attend. And SeatGeek, it is a ticket company where the customer comes first. With more than 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store, SeatGeek is focused on making your experience as easy as possible. Plus, SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets from all over the web, rates each stale on a scale to 1 to 10, and displays them on an interactive seat map. So it's simple to find what you're looking for. The green dots are the good deals, and the red dots are the ones that are a little bit overpriced. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Use our promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. You can use this for concert tickets, sports, comedy, really, whatever you want. Remember, that promo code is BEARS for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. 
All righty. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by our site writer and draft guru, Steve Letizia, who is going through his official running back rankings uh, right, what, two weeks now before the NFL draft. And honestly, I'm very excited to get into it. So we're just going to jump right in. And it's going to honestly make best sense if we just go through your rankings in chronological order. And let's go ahead and look at Josh Jacobs from Alabama, who, Steve, you called, and I quote, the most complete back in this class. He doesn't have the largest of sample sizes with only 250 mm-hmm. collegiate carries to his credit, but he had over 5.9 yards per carry on average. So really, what stood out about Jacobs that enabled him to land your top spot? Yeah, like you kind of said, he's just his all-around game. Um, he he does kind of a little bit of everything. You know, he can run. He has the power to run through. He has the looseness to run around you. Uh, he can catch the ball to backfield. Uh, he's a great pass protector. Um, he does a little bit of everything. I was kind of struggling to come up with a uh, a comp for him, um, and I came up with one kind of just like not that long ago, just as I was kind of sitting here getting stuff up set up. But he kind of reminds me of a little bit of Matt Forte, just in the way that he does everything. And, you know, he. He's going to be a great receiver out of the backfield. Um, he's going to pass block, like I said, and just the way he runs. You know, he doesn't. He never takes that big hit. He always um, has that elusiveness to kind of wiggle around people. So, yeah, I mean, I think by he's. When I went into this, he wasn't my number one running back. I kind of had like a preliminary rankings just on based on the limited amount of uh, film I've seen on each player, and I think he was um, two or three. Uh, but once I really dug into him, he. he he, nothing really jumps out at you, really, but everything across the board was was great. I think the lowest category I had him in was in ball security, which was my least important of the nine. And even then, I have no concerns about his ball security. Just other people fumbled slightly less. Sure. Are there any other weaknesses? It seems like overall he is a very, like you said, complete back. But are there any, any other weaknesses that you came across or any points of his game that you would attribute as a weakness? Well, you kind of mentioned it. He doesn't have the biggest sample size. Um, that could be a weakness, but also a positive. I mean, it's a weakness in the sense that um, he doesn't ha- he hasn't had a chance to prove that he can hold up to the rigors of a full workload. But it's also a positive in the fact that you know, we know running backs break down. So the fact that he doesn't have three, 200 carries a year can actually play in his favor and probably get him drafted higher. All right. Is there anything else on Jacob that you would like to mention before we move on to number two? Uh, no, I think we're good to move on. All right, so let's talk about some Devin Singletary out of Florida Atlantic. Obviously, his last name is one that rings true to our ears as Bears fans, but honestly, this kid is a stud. He was your second ranked back, and he is someone who the Bears could end up drafting if he falls all the way to round three, or if Pace decides to trade up in the second round to go ahead and go get. So, Steve, what led to Singletary you know, being ranked so high? Yeah, so I probably have Singletary ranked higher than most people, uh, but he is... Um, his looseness change of direction was great. Um, he, uh, oh, sorry, his looseness change of direction was great. Uh, his high, his um, his tape is just so much fun to watch. Um, every other play seems to be a highlight run, um, as we're showing now. So his contact balance is also great. You wouldn't think about him be having great contact balance um, or even good power. Uh, he wasn't my because um, because of his size. He's only five seven, about two hundred three pounds. Uh, but the way he runs, um, it doesn't matter. He runs much bigger than his listed height. Um, so he, he was a guy who really st- uh, stuck out to me. Um, I think he's uh, a, pretty much a surefire um, star at the next level. I think uh, the Bears would be lucky to have him. Um, 77% of Singletary's yards this season came after contact. 
So again, you wouldn't expect that of a guy kind of his size. You expect him to be more shifty, um, kind of run around. Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. People, and he does do that, but his ability to fight through contact is what really stood out to me. Any weaknesses to his game? Yeah, uh, he he's not the greatest receiver out of the backfield. I think he's going to be okay in that regard. Um, he his receptions kind of dropped each year. He was in the uh, his last each year he he played. He went from about twenty six receptions as a freshman uh, or his first year as a starter to only six this last year. But I think that was more to do with team the opposing teams kind of keen in on him. Everyone knew Florida Atlantic had no one else besides Devin Singletary, so they were kind of just trying to not let them get him the ball. Um, but when he did catch the ball, he showed soft hands. Um, most of the stuff was just in the flat screen passes. He's not going to be a guy who can re, who run down field and catch passes. Uh, but if you can get him a ball in the flat and let him kind of make people miss, I think that's when he's going to succeed. All right, let's go ahead and move right on along. Let's take a look at Iowa State because there's someone by the name of David Montgomery that I know both you know you and even uh, Nicholas Moriano, who's not in the show today, but he wrote an article about him, are very high on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to go ahead. Obviously, uh, you mentioned, Steve, that he was originally your top-rated back before you went through this exercise, but after grading the class, he fell all the way down to three, which isn't a far drop, um, but he's behind Jacobs and Singletary now. But still, you do have a yeah. second-round grade on him. So mm-hmm. what led to that kind of dip? Was it just other players uh, performing better, or are there some things that kind of caught you by surprise? Yeah, it wasn't anything he did. He's still a great running back. I'd still love to have him on the Bears. It was more just Singletary and Jacobs really popping out on tape. Um, Montgomery's another guy similar to Jacobs where he's not going to wow you with any one skill, but he's going to be good in every single category. Uh, the one skill that did pop out the most was his contact balance. Um, he He's a bigger back. Uh, I don't know his exact measurements, but he's bigger than Singletary, probably about, uh, a little bigger than Jacobs. But um, his ability to fight through contact, uh, he's just he's just so hard to bring down. Um, a lot of his runs were uh, – he had some of the most impressive three-yard runs I've ever seen. Um, his The Iowa State offensive line was not good, but he was able to fight through contact, make something out of nothing. Um, he's also a very underrated receiver out of the backfield. Um, you don't, you think maybe kind of like a bigger back, you don't expect them to really be great receivers, but he, he has soft hands. He's going to be a guy who can um, – uh, run those short to intermediate routes, maybe maybe a little bit more downfield. Um, the one knock I have on him is uh, his explosiveness. He's not the most athletic guy, but again, he has he has good vision, so he can kind of overcome those athletic deficiencies. Um, his fit maybe in the Bears' um, scheme might not be great, uh, just because of his lack of burst. I think they're going to be wanting someone who can kind of um, um, get uh, through the line a little bit quicker. Uh, but he but he, he'll be uh, good on inside zone runs. Anything else that you want to mention about Montgomery? Um, yeah, uh, he's a good pass blocker too. So um, there were two guys um, that are were top ten five in pass blocking and uh, and uh, receiving, and, and Montgomery was one of them. Good stuff. I was right, let's take some time on Miles Sanders. He's someone who yeah. he's been talked about really being a good fit for the Bears throughout the off season. Uh, he carried the rock two hundred and twenty times last year for. 
1,274 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, obviously, you have him as your fourth ranked back and place mm-hmm. an overall third round grade on him. Why so? Uh, yeah, I really like Sanders. I think people are going to see a, the f- four ranking and think maybe I didn't like him, but I actually really do like Sanders. Um, he, uh, he again, like as I mentioned before, his uh, lateral agility is probably one of the best in the class. Him and Singletary are very similar players. Um, he can make people miss in the open field. He can make people miss at the line of scrimmage. Um, he's got great athleticism, too. He ran a 4-4-9 of the combine, uh, and he was a top performer in the agility drills. Um, he's also, he's just so fluid when he runs. He kind of almost looks like he's gliding when he runs. It's, it, it's very impressive to see what he can do kind of in the open field, uh, to make pe- defenders miss. Um, he's a great pass catcher too. Um, another guy who might not beat you so much down the field, uh, but his, he can catch the ball without losing speed, um, without, uh, he can change the direction without losing speed. He's very fluid as fluid is probably the word I would, the best word to describe him. It sounds like a good word. Yeah. Uh, any weaknesses? So, so yeah, the so I have him as my fourth ranked running back. Uh, the area where he came in last was um, ball security. So he was my highest ranked player who had a zero in a category. Uh, he had nine fumbles in his career, including five just this last season, uh, which was his only season as a as a starter. Um, so that really knocked him down. If he would have just finished average, he would have definitely jumped Montgomery. Um, and had a chance to jump Singletary. Um, so I do really like him. If he just cleans up his ball security, uh, like I said, he could have been my number two back. Another thing is I have a stat here I want to read um, that I kind of, that came up when I was kind of doing some research on him. So first teams with seven or less wins this season, he averaged 6.83 yards per carry. First teams with seven or more wins, he averaged 4.42 yards per carry. And then versus ranked teams, he averaged only 3.21 yards per carry. So he didn't really play up to this... Um, his competition. Uh, but then again, there are some players on this list like uh, Devin Singletary and a guy we're going to talk about next um, who didn't play against any ranked team. So I can't hold that too much against him. Just something to look out for. All right. Well, speaking of that next player, his name is Daryl Henderson. He's out of Memphis and he's a very intriguing prospect that has a good amount of upside. We already learned last year with Anthony Miller just what kind of products that Memphis can provide here in the NFL. And his numbers last for the last two years were, I'm calling them absurd. He averaged 8.9 yards per carry, over 340 attempts, and 31 touchdowns. So despite being ultra-productive, Steve, I think you noticed the trend when he played against that quality talent, which you just alluded to, right? Yeah, so uh, I really like um, Henderson. Yeah, he's just athletic. Uh, he's he was my highest rated athlete on this list. And I think that's where he wins the most. Um, he's going to run by you uh, more than he's going to kind of juke you out of your shoes. He's just going to use his athleticism um, to run by you. So he's going to be look, be really good in an outside zone scheme where you can get the line moving. And then he's just going to put his foot on the ground and make that one cut and, and just run by everyone. Um, so I do really like him. Um, he is a good receiver. He's a decent receiver out of the backfield. Um, but yeah, the one thing I I, I didn't love about him uh, was he's a very linear athlete. So he's going to look great in a four-yard dash. He's going to be look great just running a straight line. If you ask him to change direction, he's not bad by any means, but he's not as elusive or as um, springy or as Singletary or, or um, Sanders. Sure. Let's take a look at Rodney Anderson because he mm-hmm. had a very interesting career at Oklahoma that was just plagued by injuries and even though his medicals are concerning, and I know you mentioned in your article that he'd be lucky mm-hmm. to even be drafted, but you're doing these based off of the measurables, what you're seeing on the film. Obviously, you liked enough on the tape to kind of rank him as your sixth best back. Why so? 
Yeah, so that was a surprise to me as well. When I did, find, did the final rankings, I was like, oh, didn't expect Rodney Anderson to be that high. But I really liked him. Um, yeah, well, you mentioned he has the injuries. Uh, he had a broken fibula in 2015, broken vertebrae in 2016, and then he just tore his ACL this year after only a few games. But um, but the year he did play in 2017, he had a great great year. Um, almost 1,200 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, uh, 281 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, what stood out with him was his receiving ability. He was my highest-ranked receiver on this list um he only had 17 career receptions um so not great by any means but he is one of the few guys who was able to get receptions not only behind the line of scrimmage and close to the line of scrimmage but downfield um he lined up as a receiver from time to time and beat people deep um he ran great uh he runs a great uh, what they call a texas route which is fake to get flat and then cut it up back up the middle uh which i believe we had a highlight of that um and he is just really soft hands he catches everything so he was my highest uh rated receiver um, he also uh, finished favorably in vision and power categories. So I think he'd be a good fit for the Bears. Like you said, I don't know when he's going to get drafted. It's hard to kind of project someone with that many injuries. Um, but if they can get him late, that'd be that'd be fantastic. I mean, you look at Eddie Jackson, but I think the difference is, you know, a one injury to a leg, a broken leg compared to the string of injuries, correct? That's kind of what makes it more of a deeper concern. Yeah, the the reason I'm not too, I'm more concerned about the ACL than anything. The reason I'm not too concerned about the previous injuries is there are broken bones, kind of freak injuries, and they happened before his breakout year. So he he proved that he was past those injuries. The ACL the ACL is pretty concerning though. Absolutely. But let's go ahead and just stay in the great state of Oklahoma because next <laughs> up is Justice Hill from Oklahoma State. Uh, throughout his three years there, he had 632 rushing attempts for over 3,500 yards on the ground and a 5.6 yards per carry average. Uh, so what kind of back is Hill? What does he do well that's allowed him to be consistently productive at the collegiate level? So Hill is a, is a great athlete. Um, he, he had he. Was a top five athlete in this class. Uh, he was also top five, uh, or close, at least close to top five, in change of direction and elusiveness. So all the things you kind of expect out of a smaller back. He is a sub two hundred pound guy, um, so you know he's not really going to run people over. Um, he was actually a better pass blocker than I expected him to be because of his size. Like I said, it's more technique than anything and willingness too. So he was a decent pass blocker. He can catch the ball out of backfield. Um, so he, again, that's the things that they're going to be looking for. Um, he's more going to be. I don't think he's ever going to be really a featured back in an NFL offense, uh, but I think he can be a third down, a very productive third down, third down back um, who can provide some utility on the ground as well. All right, let's go ahead and move on to your eighth back in that ranking system, and that's going to be Boise State's Alexander Madison. Yet another prospect that kind of you know perks up my ears just a little bit or my eyes whenever I'm watching some of the film uh, because he was able to find Pater over 30 times over his last two seasons. And honestly, it's very hard to argue with those sorts of results. And I know you mentioned that you were surprised when he ranked this high after you kind of completed your grades. So what led to him ending up at eighth and what kind of back is Madison? Yeah, I love Madison. I, he's one of my favorite running backs to watch. Um, before, when I originally did it, um, he was ranked as my sixth running back. Um, and then that was when I realized I should probably be weighting these categories because I don't think Alexander Madison is the sixth best running back in this class. Um, so after I did that, he dropped down to eighth, but I do really like him. He doesn't have athlete, elite athleticism, um, but he's got a little bit more wiggle than you would expect out of a guy his size. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he's a powerful runner. Um, he can make you miss. He can run you over. Um, he's a better receiver out of the backfield than I think he's given, given credit for. Again, he's probably not going to beat you downfield, but if you can catch the ball in the flat, he has enough wiggle to kind of make you miss. Um, he also loves to hurdle people, which is so much fun to watch. Um, he did a, at least four or five times in the games I watched. So, 
um, yeah, I really like Madison. I think uh, I think he'd be um, a good fit in the, as an inside zone runner. All right, let's talk about our second Alabama running back in this ranking, and that's being Damian Harris. Oh, actually, I skipped one. What's uh, Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. I was like, that feels a little early. I was like, okay, we can skip Izigbo. That's okay. You're not feeling Izigbo? <laughs> no, no, no. We can talk about Izigbo. I'm just kidding. Uh, I was like, but, he yeah. didn't get an invite to the combine. We should give him an invite here on the show at least. Exactly. We got to show him some love because the NFL is not um, – so yeah, I, I, Zippo, uh from Nebraska. He's a bigger back, 235 pounds, about six feet. So when I saw that, I was kind of expecting more of a, a plotter, some guy who's going to run you over. But he's that's not really the case. Uh, he's got great change of direction, really good feet for a guy his size. Um, he's going to be great in an outside zone scheme. Um, he he didn't like we said he didn't get invited to the combine, but he did run a, a low four fives at his at his uh, pro day. And given his size, 235 pounds, that's a great time. Um, he doesn't have the best vision. Um, I like to see him be a little bit more decisive, um, but uh, and he's also not a great receiver, unfortunately. But um, but he, I think he's a guy who can who can see success in the NFL as an early down back. All right. Well, hey, guess what? Did you know there are two Alabama running backs in here? <laughs> I, I just heard that. And you should know. You made the list. <laughs> so obviously, you mentioned you were expecting uh, Damian Harris, who that's the guy's name, the running back's name, Damian Harris, yeah. that he would rank a little bit higher than tenth when you started this exercise. But here he is, rounding out your top ten. I know he did some things well, but there are some concerns that you have as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I expected it to be much higher than tenth. I expected him to be almost maybe close to top five, but. Um... Yeah, he, he had just good vision. As I mentioned earlier, he was one of the top five in vision. I think he was actually second in vision. But besides that, he doesn't make a lot of people miss. Um, he's a decent receiver out of the backfield, nothing special. Um, he's not explosive by any means. It's just I didn't see a guy who's going to really be a game changer the next time. I saw a guy who's just kind of – he's going to get what the offensive line gives him. He's going to not fumble. He's going to be a good pass blocker, a decent receiver. But he – He's just a guy to me. He's nothing. I don't think he's going to be in anything much more, but I think he will have a long career, just maybe not a, a superstar career. Fair enough. Moving out of the top 10 and now into your fifth round grades, it's Travion Williams from Texas mm-hmm. A&M. And obviously this may shock some people as he has been ranked higher elsewhere, but of course this is uh, your ranking, your what you've seen on tape. So I'm curious, why is he a little bit lower in your mind? Yeah, I just saw a guy who um, – he he's a really good receiver, is one. He, and he's a really good pass blocker. Um, so those are two things that that teams are going to covet. And he so there's a role for Trayvon Williams in the NFL. But I didn't see much uh, running between the tackles or even running kind of outside. As a runner, he left a lot to be desired. He doesn't really make you miss. Um, he's he's a little powerful. He can kind of run you over, but nothing really too too crazy. Uh, but I think he's going to be a great third down back in the NFL. Uh, kind of maybe almost like a. This isn't a great comparison, but uh, in terms of their role, it's kind of like a James White kind of guy um, who can give you some utility on the ground, but mostly he's going to be that third down back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And like I said, there's a role for the, those type of players in the NFL. So I think he'll have a long career, uh, but I just don't think he has the upside to some of the other players on this list. Sure. All right, so last year, the Bears bookended their draft. First round, seventh round with two guys out of Georgia, Roquan Smith and Javon Wims. There's a chance it can get someone else from the school of Georgia as well, uh, especially a running back, Elijah Holyfield. Obviously, Pace does tend to like players from this school, and don't forget about Leonard Foley just a few years ago as well. Obviously, uh, this is a one if they have to kind of want to play the waiting game and get some value later on. But if they wait till round five, based off of your ranking here, to snag this running back, what kind of back would they get in Holyfield? 
Yeah, Holyfield is a, is a guy I really like. He's more of a power back. He's not uh, very elusive, but he's going to be a tough runner. He's got better feet than you would expect out of a guy his size. Um, his change of direction was actually pretty good. I didn't expect that when I watched him, but yeah, I was I was pretty impressed with with just the way he his he sets up his cuts and the way he can he can uh, manipulate the linebackers at the line of scrimmage. So he's another guy who has great vision. Um, he uh, tested pretty well in most of my categories, but he also tested very poorly in a, in athleticism and receiving ability. Um, so, I mean, that really brought him down. If he would just tested average in there, he probably would have been something around eight in my uh, rankings. But I do like him. I think he's going to be a good back in the NFL. Um, I'm not sure if he's a great fit for the Bears. Uh, he's more of a power runner, but um, I can see the Bears maybe taking a chance. All right, moving ahead to North Dakota State's Bruce Anderson. He is the only back that you gave a sixth-round grade to. So what did you like about this small school prospect? Anything that we should consider? Uh, okay, well, we skipped Darwin Thompson, but we can come back to him. I'll go for Bruce Anderson. And my notes, <laughs> they are brutal. Well, we yeah. need to go back to the fifth round. I'm not jumping. I, I'm okay. I'll, I'll take some blame, admit some fault here. Darwin Thompson, Utah State, fifth-round grade, like I mentioned. Uh, he reminds you like one of the other backs that we've already discussed, but he also has one glaring weakness. Would you like to elaborate? Yeah, so Darwin Thompson, uh, a lot like Devin Singletary, kind of has those that, that elite lateral agility, elite change of direction, um, really kind of a fluid runner like Sanders, uh, and he's got good athleticism, good feet. The only issue I see with him is his vision. He was my lowest-ranked player in terms of vision, and that was my most important category. So obviously that was a huge hit for him. Uh, but I think uh, he, he could still carve out a role. I mean, he only was – he didn't have a lot of playing time at Utah State, and it was a small school, small school. So as a developmental running back, I think he's, he'd be a, a great get for any team. All right. Now, since I jumped the gun, we can come back to it. Bruce Anderson, North Dakota State, small school guy. What should we be considering about him? Yeah, I like Bruce Anderson a lot. I, I, I didn't like him as much as other people, but I do I did really like his receiving ability. Um, he's, as I mentioned kind of a couple times, is a guy who can not only catch the ball out of the backfield, but he can line up as a receiver. He can run that seam route, as you're seeing right now, um, make people miss in the open field. He's very athletic. Um uh, I didn't think he was that great of a of a runner, kind of uh, in uh, inside the tackles. I think he's better off in space. Uh, but again, he kind of similar to Trayvon Williams. I think he's going to be a really good third down back. Uh, his level of competition, obviously, in North Dakota State was not great, um, but he did uh, put up some pretty good stats. But uh, North Dakota State also had one of the best offensive lines at their level. Um, a lot of his yards came before contact. I think it was. Only, uh, about 55% of his yards came after contact, which is one of the lower of the players that I scouted. And to wrap things up, let's just lump together uh, the guys that you gave seventh-round grades or lower, and that's going to be Bryce sure. Love, uh, James Williams out of Washington State, and Mike Weber out of Ohio State. Uh, we'll start with Bryce Love because this is one of those names I keep hearing a lot about too in terms of uh, you know connections to the Bears or from Bears fans maybe wanting to take a chance on. Are you loving Love or not? <laughs> Uh, I'm not loving Love, no. Uh, I I see the appeal of Bryce Love, and I can see why people like him. Um, he's a good runner. Um, he's elusive. He's athletic. Um, but the injuries scare me. I didn't really take injuries into account in my rankings. Uh, but what I saw with Bryce Love is an undersized athletic running back who's proven he can't stay healthy and doesn't offer much as a receiver and is a terrible pass blocker. And those type of players just don't have roles in the NFL. So if he's not going to play on third down, um, he's going to be limited to early down duty and as an undersized uh, injury-prone running back and early down duty. I just don't see much upside there. And obviously, we're getting to the tail end here in terms of your rankings. Your last two, Williams and Weber. Anything you want to mention about them? 
Yeah, um, I'll just talk about Williams a little bit. We don't have to talk about uh, Mike Weber, but James Williams, um, a lot of people like him. He's a good receiver. As I said, he was my second-ranked receiver. He had a lot of production, uh, but I just didn't see much else out of him. Yeah, he's got a little bit of wiggle, a little bit of athleticism, but not great contact balance, not great uh, not great pass blocking, but he is a good receiver out of the backfield. So, again, he's another guy who could probably have a role in the NFL, just doesn't have a, a ton of upside, I believe. All right. Let's go ahead and enter the final portion of today's show. And again, I want you to go ahead and share your ideal fits in this draft because we talked about each back, what they're good at, uh, where their opportunities may lie, where they need to improve themselves once they get to the NFL. So let's go ahead and begin. Steve, your best case scenario land for the Bears based off of fit. Who would that be? So I'm going to approach this kind of two ways. I'm going to approach it uh, best case scenario for, based on my rankings and then based, best case scenario based on what I think is going to happen. Okay. So if it are up to me, I think what the Bears should do is grab Devin Singletary in the fourth round and then address a different position in the third round. Um, because I think while I have a second round grade on Devin Singletary, I think he's going to be drafted a little bit lower than that. And I think you might be able to grab him in the fourth round. Um, so that's what I would do. Uh, what I think they're want to do is I think they're going to want to draft a running back in that third round. Now, obviously you don't want to go into the draft expecting to draft a certain position at a certain round, because if all the good ones are gone, you're not going to reach. Uh, but I think that's what their plan is. And in terms of fit, I think they really need to focus on those top five guys. Um, so Josh Jacobs is probably going to be gone. He's the top ranked running back by pretty much everyone with, with a few exceptions, but I think he's probably going to be the first running back off the board. So I'm not, he'd be, well, I think he'd be a good fit. I just don't think it's a realistic option. Um, Singletary, like I said, I think what might be a, uh, an option in round three for Ryan Pace, they did visit with him a lot. Um, I think they actually just visited him with him yesterday. Um, so they've, he's been on four, three or four visits with them. So he's obviously a target of theirs. Um, and then Sanders, um, I think, is another guy who's visited with the Bears. He would be, I think, maybe the best fit with the Bears because of all that he does. Um, and the po- he has a higher possibility of being there um, over Jacobs. But his ability as a receiver, his ability in either an outside or an inside zone scheme, I think, are appealing. Um, again, we have the concerns about the fumbles, but you know, fumbles are sometimes just a, a technique issue, something that can be cleared up. Um, and then Daryl Henderson um, is another guy I think would be a great – great fit and i think the guy that they're going to want to target he's a guy as i said i have him ranked fifth i think the nfl is gonna be a lot higher on him and i think he's if there's another running back that will be gone besides jacobs i think it's going to be henderson i think he'll end up being the second running back off the board um but if they miss on him um uh, david montgomery is another guy who i think could be a nice fit i think in terms of fit he'd probably be the fifth guy on that list and um of the five guys i just mentioned um but I think he, he'd be productive. Like, again, he does a little bit of everything. He's going to be a uh, pass block, uh, catch the ball to backfield, also be good on inside zones. Um, but, yeah, and then after those five, there's a, I think there's a pretty sizable drop-off in talent. Those, one of those five players is really the one what you want. Um, if they did miss out on one of those five players and had to maybe wait a little bit, guys I like are uh, Alexander Madison, who we talked about briefly. Um, I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. You probably get him maybe in the fifth round, fourth or fifth round, uh, maybe a little later. Um, and then another guy I like uh, uh, is Rodney Anderson. We mentioned him. he's got the injuries, uh, which is going to make he's going to be available later. If they do kind of whiff on the top five, I think they might just prefer to wait, pick up him in the in the seventh round, maybe the fifth round, um, and then address other positions early on. All right. You answered all my questions. I was going to ask you some backup plans, other, you know, <laughs> worst case scenarios. I think you kind of hit on all of those. So I really appreciate that, Steve. Um, so 
I have one more thing I want to do, and I know we're two weeks out of the draft, um, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you had to place Uh-oh. money on it, if you had to put money on it, which running back would the Chicago Bears draft this year? Ooh, okay. Um, I, I, I have two guys in mind that I'm okay. kind of going back and forth on uh, since I'm on the spot. Uh, but I would say um, that they would probably want, in the Ryan Pace's ideal world, Miles Sanders. I think there's a more possibility that he's gone than this other guy is going to mention. I think if I had to put money on it, they're going to come away with Devin Singletary. But I think their ideal target is Miles Sanders. That makes a lot of sense to me. So would you say that if they get either of those two, you you said you'd anticipate it happening in the third round, correct? Yeah, yeah. They'd, I think they'd probably – maybe you can get Singletary in the fourth, but um, since it is such an available position in Matt Nagy's offense, I think they probably wouldn't risk waiting until the fourth, and they might just take him in the third. Um, but yeah, if they come out like either of those two guys or the other three of the top five, um, Jacobs, Montgomery, or Henderson, that's that's got to be considered a win for the Bears. All right, that sounds good. Any final thoughts on the running back class before we wrap things up here? Um, no, not really. I think we kind of covered everything. If anyone yeah. wants to read the full article, it's on ChicagoAudible.com. You can go read the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think we covered everything pretty good. I think so. That was a lot of talk about running backs, but much needed. I mean, Absolutely. I read your article. I mean, I edited the article. I published the article, but I still feel like I learned more today listening to you speak about it. So I'm going to be ready for whoever it is the Bears end up drafting in a couple weeks at this position to instantly break it down. And I'm sure that for those watching or for those listening, they're feeling around the same way. So really great job, Steve. Appreciate the insight today. Yeah, no problem. I can walk, uh, come on anytime. Absolutely. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Chicago Audible. We really really do appreciate each and every one of you that tuned in. And next week, we're going to unveil our mock drafts like we do every year. It's a little bit odd this year without a first or a second round pick, but we're going to figure it out. I had the first round pick last year. I chose Roquan Smith and ended up being the case. So uh, maybe, Steve, if you can slide me like $5, I'll put whatever (laughs) running back you want the Bears to select here in the third round. They can make it happen. Might be worth it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, you know, a crisp Abe Lincoln, I think that would be. Yeah. All right, and then after that, of course, the following week is the draft, and we'll be right here with our instant draft coverage uh, where we go live as soon as the Bears are on the clock all weekend long. So for my co-host Steve, this is Will DeWitt signing off. We're going to talk to you soon, but until next time, bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.